Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. Hello, 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 hello. Guys, girls, non-binary folk, indifferent, in between all of the people, all of the genders, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Black to the Future. (laughs) Yes! One more time, 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 one more time. Let me do this one more time for you girls. (laughs) Yes! Welcome back to a brand new episode, you all. Thank you so much for joining me again. Um, This is going to be hopefully a quicker, smaller episode because I really, really, really just want to cover the Boosie Badass Breakfast Club Flame Monroe episode. (laughs) A lot of shit is going on, so... Um, let me, I'm going to cover that. I'll hopefully I won't take forever in a day, but I'm definitely going to do my best to cover it and talk about some things. Cause I think this conversation around, um, LGBTQIA plus folks existing, our representation, people not understanding us is a very pertinent thing that's going on, particularly as it pertains to the black community. And you know, me and Mab on this podcast do this conversation a lot. But I think it's really impactful to hear the thoughts and feelings of someone who doesn't have the information of what it means to be an LGBTQIA plus person. They only know uh, the tip of it. They have a snowflake. They have a particle of what it means to be part of this community. They only know so much. And so because they only know so much, they just spout out whatever it is that they know 
And because it's been demonized and put down and you have to be very critical, you have to look at things through a, sp a specific kind of lens, it takes a lot of energy and effort for folks to do that. And so um, I am, again, I am alone, but I am going to talk about this um, and I'm going to play snippets of what happened just so people can kind of see. So obviously, um, just a little black story, a little history about what's going on. If you're not aware, um, Boosie Badass, who is a rapper, I didn't even know he existed. Real time, real life, I didn't even know he existed until he started commenting on LGBTQ stuff just a few years ago. Like... Again, like I think I talked about with Josh and with um, Reese, make sure you go listen to those episodes, the astrology episode with Josh and the um, fat phobia episode with Reese, go listen to those episodes. We talked about a little bit more there, but I didn't even know who he was. He's a rapper. Um, I think he's from St. Louis, not St. Louis, um, from New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken, either way. Um, and so very popular, very niche rapper in that sense. I never heard of him until this drama started to happen. So there's that. Um, he's been in plenty of scandals, um, as far as having his, um, 16 year old son, um, he, you know, he's, there's stories where he hired, um, sex workers or strippers, some, some grown women to come and, you know, perform sexual acts on his minor, his 16-year-old son, in an effort to, I guess, dissuade him from being part of the queer community. So, you know, there's that. That's what I know a little bit about him. He went to jail for an extended period. And a lot of people think <laughs> when he was in jail, he was he was one of the girls, if you know what I mean. Like somebody was wearing his boots out, like they was weirded out. So a lot of people think that's why he has so much, he has internalized homophobia. So that's why he spews out and, and all that kind of stuff. That could very well be the case, but I don't want to say that because I don't know if that to be true or not. And we probably won't notice if, if that's the case, we won't know until, you know, Jesus come back. <laughs> so, you know, having a, having a hood that could be able to say, yeah, yeah, I got my shit beat in in jail. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, this thing. So here we are. Um, if you need more clarification about the LGBTQIA plus community, please go listen back to my previous episode where I literally expanded upon the queer community at, at, um, nauseam, but even more at nauseam, I talked about the trans experience. So if you're unclear about how trans folk work, um, the basis, the principles, the very, um, ABCs, the one, two, threes, the do, re, mis, if you don't know that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. It was the one just before this one, this thing. So please go listen to it. But anyway, that's Boosie's background. And so The Breakfast Club is a radio show out of New York. There, um, there's Charlemagne the God, who has been not very friendly all the time with LGBTQIA plus folk. Um, there's also DJ Envy, also not very friendly, but I think over time they're growing and they're learning. And um, I'm gonna give them that benefit. And then there's the slight saving grace, Angela Yee, on the show. Um, you know, those three have a, the show, The Breakfast Club. And so they get on there and they talk about whatever is popping ting in the media. And so obviously Boosie is popping ting right now. Um, so they had him on there because of all the things, the flammatory things he said about LGBTQ plus people on his Instagram. He actually apparently got his Instagram um, completely stripped away from him. So he can't be going on there saying rambunctious shit no more, which, you know, 
you know, what is it? Talk shit, get hit. You lost your Instagram, boo. So there you go. Shouldn't be on that just saying random crazy stuff. But um, they have him on there so he can be able to explain himself about everything that's going down as far as his perception of the LGBTQ plus community, particularly as it pertains to the success of Lil Nas X. So um, we've, I've had conversations about Lil Nas X in the past. I have an entire episode about a Lil Nas X called Lil Nasty Sex. <laughs> so if you go back and listen to that episode, you get all my thoughts and feelings on that at the time at least. So now things have kind of developed. So The Breakfast Club has had different um, persons on The Breakfast Club to talk about trans issues, about queer issues. Um, the people I can think of immediately, of course, are the lovely and brilliant Janet Mock. She was on there. She explained a lot of things, um, you know, basic trans shit. Um, go listen to her episode on The Breakfast Club, Janet Mock. Um, she does a great job of bringing it down to a 101, almost a 99 level. Like this is rudimentary. She does a great job on there. Um, and they also had Malik Yoba when that was a huge scandal that was going on, taking place. They had Carmen Carrera. They had the beautiful Nala Simone on there with them, but she didn't even get the time to speak like how I wanted her to. But, you know, there's, there's that. And they also had the... <laughs> Flame Monroe, who is, of course, a stand-up comedian. Um, they have various pronouns. I'm just going to call her her for the, sake, for the sanity of my brain. And she identifies as trans. You know, she's had top surgery, so she's got large breasts. She's a comedian. Some of her stuff is kind of very funny. You know, it very much panders and caters to the cishet audience. And, of course, if you listen to the last episode, you know what cishet means. So there's that. Um... So yeah, I with Flame Monroe. She 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 comes and goes. When she was on the Breakfast Club previously by herself, she said some very damaging things to the LGBT community. She also said some things that, you know, kind of made it okay to treat trans people a certain kind of way. But you know, you know, a lot of us in the community are kind of like, girl, why are you tap dancing for them? Explain how this shit goes. You know, we all kind of have like a, you know, not everyone's monolithic. So you can't say that, but you know, um, there's a good consensus and I'm like, you know what the consensus is, girl. Like she's older. She's, she's in her late, she's almost in her sixties. So she's been up here for a minute. So she knows what the rules is. She knows what the game is, but she does come from an older time. So I have to give her that kind of grace. Anyway, the breakfast club has a not great relationship with the queer community at large. And so they're taking advantage of this situation by having Boosie on there to boost their numbers, of course, but also so Boosie can have another platform so he can go out there and say what he needs to say. On this episode, I would definitely say that Boosie didn't really um, say all the horrible things I know he probably wanted to say because he done seen the backlash of what happened to the baby. And side note, the baby is still a, is still performing. I think he's performing at um, the Hot um, Hot 97 or whatever. So black people gonna let him get on stage after he says some inflammatory, uh, homo, uh, homophobic, transphobic um, things. You know, they gonna, black people gonna let him on so he can get his bag, but white people cancel him. He not on the song no more with Dua Lipa, you know? So white people ain't trying to fumble their bag, but black people, girl, right, okay. Anyway, so I'm actually gonna play little snippets from the episode so we can kind of have 
directly what he's saying so there won't be any mincing of words or any kind of confusion because I think that's very important because what he's saying is really relevant to what a lot of black people, cishet black people, cisgender heterosexual black people think about the LGBT community. Black people who are cisgender heterosexual, particularly men, are, we talked about this on the, um, on the authentic allyship episode. Privilege is one of those things that a lot of black people feel like they do not have because of how racism is so embedded and so ingrained into our culture. So it's very hard for cisgender heterosexual black people, particularly men, to conceptualize the fact that someone is being oppressed because of them. That's a hard thing for them to swallow, for them to grasp, but it's true. The only thing that prevents a black man from being completely successful in the way that a white man is successful is that he's just not white. That's not, now that's just going on race. That's not accounting for um, access to, you know, coin and all that kind of stuff. But if a nigga had the access and the power to be the same as a white man, and that's the only thing that's holding them back is the race thing. Oh, baby, please. Oh, baby, baby. But black women have a little bit more compassion in the sense because they are black and they are women, cisgender speaking. They are black and they are women. So they have a hard time conceptualizing things for LGBTQIA plus people as well. However, comma, they're a little bit more understanding because now they have two intersections to stand at, whereas black men only have one intersection to stand at. And if you add more identities to that, it become and things that are not praised or uplifted in this society as far as being able-bodied, being a, a trans person, being um, in a lower socioeconomic status. The more intersections you have that don't benefit this society, it's going to make it harder. So that's why black women have a little bit more like, okay, I get what y'all coming from, da 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 But a lot of cishet black men have not even begun to even fathom that someone can have it worse than them because 5-0, they out there wearing them out and shooting. But also black women, black queer people are also being hit but at the same way. So I think they have a hard time fathoming that. And the only way that they're gonna be able to fathom that is if it happens directly in their life. This is why a lot of cishet black men when they, as it pertains to um, understanding what, what black women are saying, like, why do you treat us so bad? Why do you treat us so bad? When you come from a black woman, because your mama, you know, probably a black woman, you know, unless you, you know, there, unless there's um, uh, uh, different races at play there. But more likely, if you come from a black woman, you come from a black woman. Why are you treating black women so poorly? Why are you treating them so badly? And they don't think that they do. They just think that's just innate. Whereas black women, we have been through a lot of different things. Not only do we have to deal with things because we're black, we also deal, deal, deal with things because we are women. And then if you add more layers, like myself as a trans person, that adds another caveat to this. And then if I had a certain socioeconomic status, if I didn't make more than $20,000 a year, that's another layer to add to this conversation. There's so much nuance going on. And because we don't have the access and the resources to effectively teach black people about these things, particularly in disenfranchised area where Boosie is coming from, a lot of niggas really resonate with him because they like, see, he just trying to keep it real. He just trying to keep it real, but he's keeping it real with the wrong information. So if it's not the right information, if it's, if it's not true, then it's not real. So he keeping it real from his perspective because he doesn't have the access and the knowledge and the wherewithal to be able to have this conversation. He doesn't have the range. He hasn't even thought past what it means to be queer. He doesn't know how that permeates out and affects people. He doesn't know how he has a certain level of privilege. 
he makes it if you know if if it's hood niggas out there who see trans women and they want to engage with them but they be afraid they will end up murdering us x y and z there's so much more because the the fear and the anxiety and the not having information not being able to have these conversations this is very important for black people to really grasp this cis hat black people specifically even some cis um, cis queer people <laughs> that are also black. Y'all got to do a little bit of work too. But like I said, I'm going to um, play snippets of the episode. Um, I'm going to put the link in the description as well, but I'm going to play little snippets of the episode and I'm going to kind of talk about the thoughts and feelings that I have and try to um, unpack it, so to speak. So if you're a cishet black person, if you're a cishet black male, welcome, Jesus. Hi, welcome. Please listen to this, understand this, digest this. And um, this is not attacking you. This is so you can understand and have greater feelings about how your words and how your existence is still greater than, you know, black queer people, black women and such and so forth. All right. So small break and then we're going to come right back. take it too far sometimes because you said I, I think i say it the wrong way sometimes mm-hmm. i mean everything i say and i say what i mean but sometimes i feel like i, I say it the wrong way sometimes but i mean what i say and i say what i mean and people need to understand that you know the world has an opinion and then i got an opinion and, and i'm just one who expressed my opinion but last time we spoke okay so welcome back and that was boosie so Angela, who's on The Breakfast Club, she asked him that question. You heard the response. And um, here's the thing. Um, sometimes people can say things wrong. Let's let's be very clear that um, LGBTQIA plus people are not a monolith and we do not have all the answers for everybody. So we're not going to say everything right correctly. Neither is the group of black people. Neither are the, If you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the information, if you don't have it, you cannot be expected to say these things correctly. That's the first thing. If you do not have the knowledge base to be talking about it, you might want to be sitting back and being quiet because people who have more knowledge won't come in and tell you what it is. Just like when it comes to something as advanced as biomedical engineering, if you didn't study this, you probably should be shutting the fuck up. I'm not going to go in nobody laboratory and be like, girl, no, do this. Do this. This is what I think about this. This is what I think about this. Because I don't have the range. I don't have the, the ability to have that dialect, that conversation. You know, I can walk into um, a space and talk about music at a high level, different kind of chords and different types of flowing patterns and all kinds of stuff. Because I went to school, I studied that music. I've been playing music for a long time. So I have the wherewithal and I have the capacity and I have the ability. Again, this is all going to be subjected to the fact if you're a black person who didn't get that access and that information, we can't expect you to know that stuff. So him saying, I say stuff wrong, I know I don't say it right, but I mean what I say. A lot of black people, especially cishet black men, they are, are going to be under the guise of like, I just keeping it real. I'm just saying it how it like it is. But saying it like how it is is going to get you only so far. Your perception and your reality of what queerness is in this particular context will only take you so far. You need to crack a book, read an article, 
interact with queer people at, at a greater capacity. And the reason that we don't do that is because it's been demonized. And then of course, the idea that people like to refer back to, especially a lot of niggas, they like to go back to backbreaking when slavery was a thing, how the white master would um, rape his, uh, rape um, one of the men right in front of the, right in front of the family and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's one of those old history things that they like to cling to. And so, you know, they do that in an effort to be like, no, I don't want this. And there could be some serious trauma rooted in there that needs to be unpacked even more so. But if you don't have the range to have the conversation, maybe you should be quiet and listen to those who have had that experience. Um, at my new job, my manager always says like, folks who have lived that experience, uh, who, folks who have lived this life are the masters of that experience. And so the master of the LGBTQIA plus people is not monolithic, but every single person has a good consensus of, on like, I want to exist. I want to be comfortable. I want to maneuver through the world. And cishet black people may be marginalized because of their blackness, but they are not marginalized because of their, um, L, because they're LGBTQIA plus. And that could seem like, what, y'all have marriage now and stuff like that. But marriage, equality, we had to literally fight to earn. Whereas black people, you had to fight to earn it too. You should be able to relate and feel comfortable and, and be able to understand how that takes place. And I think something that's very important is maybe I shouldn't say comfortable, but maybe you should have compassion and be able to understand what that feels like. This is why black women have a better chance of understanding LGBTQIA plus people simply for the fact that they had to not only fight to be a part of the women's movement and the right to vote and all that kind of stuff, but they also had to fight to be, you know, desegregation de and, and civil rights and all that kind of stuff. Black women were doing twice the work, but because black men weren't doing that. So they have a better understanding just making these connections. So if you don't if you don't know if you don't have the range, if you don't have the capacity, sit back. You can have an opinion. This is the part that a lot of people say like, I have an opinion. Opinions are not facts. Let me repeat. Opinions are not facts. You're 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 valid in your opinion because everyone has their own thought processes. But my question now comes in, what is your opinion based on? What is it based in? How did you come to the conclusion of this opinion? And that's where cis have black men. It's where niggas don't want to fucking think. And I'm going to be very clear. A lot of y'all do not want to think. You want to be comfortable. You want to coast through. You want to have the luxury and the privilege of being a white cis hat man. And you do not have that, baby. So you're going and you're not going to get close. You are not going to get close. If you're not looking like Tom, Dick, and Harry, you're not going to get close. I'm just letting it be very clear. So I, I want to I say that your opinion is valid in the sense that that is your experience. But what is it based in? Have you actually had conversations in depth about LGBTQIA plus people? Have you picked up a book or read an article that was written by an LGBTQIA plus people? And since this is a black man... Have you read books? Have you read articles? Have you followed podcasts? 
have you engaged with black LGBTQIA plus people? Or are you immediately saying like, no, I'm not a part of that. I'm not with that shit. That shit just makes me uncomfortable because your homeboy said it, because your daddy said it, because your mama said it, because your great cousin, your big bro you look up to, did they say it and that's why you don't want to be a part of it? Or did you actually go out of your way to try to understand and figure it out? No, you didn't. And that is a privilege that cisgender heterosexual people have. They don't have to go through the process of being like, okay, well, are people going to disown me for not being exactly the prototype that we're supposed to be? That is a privilege that you have. It may not feel like a privilege because you're just existing. But, but LGBTQ LGBT people, we're also trying to navigate and just exist just like you. We're trying to attain that privilege, but we can't even attain that privilege because... For example, Lil Nas X is a man who is black who happens to be queer. And if he's on stage kissing somebody and it's a man, that's that that that's him just trying to exist. There have been plenty of performances. There have been plenty of situations, plenty of moments where cis hat blackness has been on display. At a Beyonce concert, she gonna dance on a man. At a, at, at, a, at a little Uzi concert, you know, it's going to be some women out there who naked and dancing and da-da-da. He's probably going to grind up on them. There's plenty of representation. Even at the end out, at the end of the Pink Print tour when I was in, in Chicago here, this was years ago when Nikki came here, when she was still with Meek, gag, um, she, she kissed him at the end of the thing. It's plenty of representation. You got it. You've been had it for years. You've had it for years. So you have to really let go of the fact that you feel like you haven't had it because you have. And it may not feel like it, but you definitely have. So I'm going to go on to this next little part that he said here. Let me just pull it up for you. For you. The kids? The kids! They're attacking our children. You know, you make all the up. You make everybody support this. Who love these rappers? The kids? The kids! Yeah, but you know... You make it... No, you make every rapper go with it. If every rapper go with it... I heard... You, I, you, I, grabbed, you grabbed that generation. I know I loved every rapper when I was little. Mm -hmm. I loved every rapper. You know what I'm saying? I try to copy what they did. You know what I'm saying? And it's a new day now, and I just feel like, you know, they, they pushing it on our... Oh, younger Listen, I love rap. I love hip hop. I love our culture. But you know, I saw you say that you know you feel like he was as a negative influence. Why are we acting like rappers haven't been negative influences for years? Whether it's talking about murder, celebrating the drug culture, the gang culture, violence against women, like we just as negative. So how is he the person that you decide to point at and say, "Oh, you're ruining it for the kids"? What have street rappers done to the kids? I really get offended when 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 when. All right, so I'm going to stop it right there. So Charlemagne actually did good right here. He was like pointing out these things. So a lot of, um, so let's talk about kids. Kids, 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 kids. Here's, here, here's the thing. There are, plot twist, LGBTQIA plus children. Kids, children. Yes, they exist. Not everyone is born defaulted to being cisgender and being heterosexual. Not everyone is defaulting to that. 
And then the implication that everyone defaults to that means that at a certain point that everybody has to choose. Every time you ask a cisgender heterosexual person when they chose to be their gender or when they chose to be straight, they always have this puzzled look like I didn't choose. The implication being that LGBTQ plus people are choosing. And the problem with the fact that we are air quotes choosing is that one, we are choosing to be in a state where people are constantly doing things that are mean to us. I gave a story a little while ago on previous episodes where as a little queer child, as a little, little girl, I, uh, well, in this case, a little, little boy, I would swish into the room and just exist and sit there, cross my legs, read a book. And then people will bust out into laughter, start pointing. I didn't do anything except just exist. That's all. My queerness was coming out. My little girlness was coming out at the time. But someone had the time and the energy and effort to say something mean to me or try to make fun of me or belittle me or put me down just for my sheer existence. That does not happen to cisgender heterosexual people. It can happen to a black person, as we've seen over the years with racism and and, uh, blackface and shit like that. We've seen that. But it doesn't happen because, oop, you're straight, you're straight, you're straight, you're straight. Girl, where? Oh, you're a cisgender person. Ah, you're, (laughs) what? Where? Now, if you feel like people are attacking you because of what you're saying and how you're coming out of pocket, that's different. Because if you're saying stuff that you have no range to talk about, no coverage, then of course people are going to come at you at your neck. So let's just say that. But plot twist, yes, there are queer children. They do exist. They are valid. I was one of them. I'm a queer adult now. Nothing has changed. So under the guise that children are going to see this, children are going to see LGBTQ people existing, it's going to, the idea that they're going to be out there and then kids are going to say, hey, that looks fun. I'm going to try that. Okay, so once if they decided they wanted to try it and it wasn't for them, that's okay. Remember on when I talked about the LGBTQIA plus and I broke down every single letter, Q was queer, but it was also questioning. You have to let people have the room and the capacity to experiment and see what they fucking like. How you gonna know if you don't like it if you ain't tried it? I'll even say that to myself because... I've never been interactive with someone who had a vagina in a sexual way. I've never had it. I've never tried it. I'm nervous back boots. My heart is like, oh, if I ever, like I always say, if I ever met Laith Ashley, if I ever met a Marquise Wilson, baby, I'm going to be like, damn, I, I'm going <laughs> to have to just go ahead and figure out what I'm going to do, baby, because I love me some men and those are men, baby. But anyway, I'm just saying that because You have to let people have the room and the capacity to be able to have these things. And children are going to be bombarded, especially back in the day. Like there's a little bit more representation now, but back in the day, you know, back in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, it really wasn't giving like, here are queer people, here are queer people, here are queer people. You put one gay person in the show and then it was too much. 
It's like, damn, one gay person and there's 20 characters on this show? Wow, one of them being gay, that's the big thing. Wow, okay. But this one's over here doing drugs and doing other, and uh, I just wanna speak on that too in a moment. But like the other one's over here doing drugs in the storyline. This one's over here ditching school, but the gay person is just gay and they're just existing in the show, trying to navigate them being queer, all while still having friendships, maintaining things, trying to grow and develop. But I wanna also stop the comparison that being uh, being on drugs um, in a negative space where it's affecting your mind, health, and body and such. Also, ditching school, if you're in school, you're a young person. Um, all of these negative connotations are being paralleled, connected to being with the queer person. If you are a queer person, you're being connected and like, like, oh, would you want your child to be a serial killer or be gay? It's like, what? How are these two things even, how can, just say you don't like gay people, just say that, because that's basically what you're trying to boil it down to. You're trying to compare a sexual identity or a gender identity with someone who is literally mentally ill, who is trying to harm someone. LGBTQ people are not trying to harm folks. How did you even make this comparison? Do you see how crazy that sounds? That just doesn't make sense. Again, under the guise that we're trying to protect children. And during this conversation, Boosie was really using the guise of the kids, the kids, the kids. In a couple more clips, I'm going to play some more stuff. You'll hear him saying, the kids, the kids. There are queer children. And I watched hella fucking people. Let me be very clear. Hella fucking People, TV shows, movies. I am a Disney princess. I fucking watched every single Disney princess movie and I knew I was going to be the girl. I knew every single fucking time, no matter what the situation was. She wasn't trans on the, on the movie. On every Disney movie, every Disney princess so far has not been trans. How did I relate to this character? How did I see myself reflected back in that? Because I am a woman. I am a girl. I see myself in this storyline. But she wasn't queer. So I already made my connection as a young child. Let the kids have the chance to see it, baby. I mean, I, that doesn't make any sense. And the logic that if, if a child does see it, they're going to become this way. They're going to turn into a queer person. They're going to turn gay. Protecting them from being gay, if you're protecting them because you don't want them to have a difficult or a hard life, yes, being an LGBTQ plus person is making things more difficult in this society. It's just a fact. It's just how it rolls out. That's just what it is. And so trying to protect them from having that kind of stress and that kind of life is one thing. But the idea of like, just don't let them see it. They're never, it's never going to happen. Da -da 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 -da. If it's in them, it's in them. You are going to grow up and be exactly who you were supposed to be. There's no maybe, there's no sorta, there's no kinda. It's already there. Okay? And I think that may be hard for people to conceptualize because, especially cisgender heterosexual people, because you've never had to make this decision. So you should shut the fuck up, sit back, and let the people who've had these experiences have this conversation. And you can sit there and you can listen and you can grow and you can change over time and understand things. So here's the next little section I want to play. Hey, I don't understand that logic, Boosie. I saw you say that uh, people be trying to be straight. How you try to be straight? If you're straight, you ain't got to try to be. I don't get Run it back again. <laughs> On the video, you said people trying to be straight. 
You said you said Lil Nas would dance in front of the men, and this you know these little boys trying to be straight. I'm like, how you try to be straight? No, I'm just saying as far as if you got your kids watching TV, mm -hmm. would you want, if you're trying to straight raise strong young black men, would you want, would you be cool with your kids sitting there watching it? Strong black men not going to be. Would you be cool with sitting there, your, if you're trying to raise that, and you, would you be cool and sitting there watching Nas X go up there and take his clothes off? What age, what age are we talking man, about? You're part of the problem. What age are we talking about? Because I don't want my kids looking at anything sexual at a certain age. Yeah, at a certain age. But once care. they get to a certain <laughs> age, there's nothing man, wrong with girl, that. Girl, man, man, girl, girl. I want my kids. Because by the way, I'm just saying, this is a national stage. This is a national. <laughs> so I just, I just want to go into this a little bit. So after Charlamagne asked his question, you first heard Boosie say, run that back to me one more time. Because he didn't even conceptualize the fact of what he was saying. It, it, didn't, it, it didn't even register in his mind what he was even saying. It was like, whoosh, it went right over the head. You do not have the range to have this conversation. And sometimes you have to say, I don't understand. And sometimes you have to be okay with that. If you don't get it, fine. Say you don't get it. But a lot of people, especially men, do not ever want to say they, are, they don't know what's going on. You don't want to seem like you're stupid or you're dumb or you don't know this information. But you don't. So by saying things that you don't. Uh, by saying things that you surely don't have any backing up for, except for my opinion, my opinion, my opinion. Again, we go back to the question. Okay, what is your opinion based in? Experience, truth, fact checking. What is it based in? It's just, an, it's just you just want to just say what you want to say. And that's not getting us nowhere. That's not getting us nowhere. And so, yes, of course, no, the, 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 the um, I'm sure it's this whatever government agency it is, the seat, um, what the fuck is it called? The FCC, that Family Guy song, the FCC song, go look up the FCC song on Family Guy. But they're going to ensure that you don't see anything inappropriate on TV. It has to get approved. So Lil Nas kissing somebody on TV, is uh, as a, a man is not going to do anything against the FCC guidelines, particularly if you're going to have women in bikinis and things like that. Like, Women are, of course, obviously objectified. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when Boosie has another cricket sound. I love when somebody asks him a question and there's crickets literally after. You can hear the, about three seconds of him trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to say because he hasn't even conceptualized it. He's done, again, don't have the conversation if you don't have the range. Read a little bit more. Get a little bit more information. But of course, no one wants to have someone be naked on stage so children can see it because, of course, that's something inappropriate. Children do not need to see that. Like Charlamagne them said, but once you get to a certain age and them hormones start going, baby, you gonna go out of your way to find it. And I trust me, when I found that I liked men, I went out of my way, baby. I done told the story on the podcast. Go listen back to the uh, last couple of episodes when I was talking about becoming me. Go back and listen to that episode. I, I, I baby, I searched for it. So if you wanna find it, you gonna find it. But of course, on a national stage, no one's gonna allow you just to be out there just ass naked. That's just what, duh. So the overall thing that he's that Boosie is going to end up saying is that, of course, I don't want no one naked on stage. 
Okay, great. You don't want no one naked on stage. So now comes the question, and they this, this is the problem with this interview. No one had the wherewithal. I think Angela tried a couple of times, but of course they were talking over women the whole time. No one had the wherewithal to ask Boosie the question, why? We need to get to the question of why. Why do you feel this way? But you can't, but he doesn't want to say why because saying why would ultimately end up him saying like, I don't know, or this shit is confusing or da, 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 da. That level of vulnerability that he does not want to relinquish because niggas love to hold on to like this ideology of like, I got this shit together. Sometimes you don't say you don't fucking know. And that's much better. Y'all can tell I'm angry. It's much better to say that you don't know rather than just saying like some other bullshit that you don't know if it's true or not because every time they ask him a simple question it's like crickets so anyway um we're gonna take a small break and we're gonna come back to some more things that were said during the conversation about when you see an artist you talked about rappers like when you see like Birdman and Lil Wayne kissing each other on the on, on the lips, or you see, you know, Turk talking about some of the stuff that they did, because it's it's the same thing. Nah, nah, nah. Why not? Uh, how them niggas rocking that city? You know, uh, they really on some like some old mafia shit. You know, like like you know like them niggas. You know, the nigga get on them them drugs. You know, like them niggas be. <laughs> Niggas different out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was trying not to laugh this entire time. I was like, let y'all hear that. The crickets, y'all can hear the crickets as soon as it's, and then so I love this because DJ Envy actually said, Why is this different? and all of a sudden it's like, Well. It's it's the it's the I'm like they have a reason. They mafia, they're gonna kiss each other on the lips, like okay and so what if Lil Nas X is part of the mafia what I know he's not but or at least I don't know but and then of course it goes to like well they got drugs and they said so now they have drugs too so it's like this the he he doesn't have the range that's what's really pissing me off is that he doesn't have the range to have this conversation and they're asking him really simple questions and he has to come up with some reason as to why and so his reasoning in this particular instance is they part of the mafia that's just how them niggas rock down now they doing drugs and you know them drugs do this to your mind and stuff like that baby 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 I can tell you there's plenty of people out here who have done drugs, whether it's for recreational or it's for medical. And I've never I've no I've never seen any kind of thing where it's like, take this peel and you're gonna be gay. Girl, <laughs> take this shot in this arm, you're gonna be gay, nigga. You know, take this shot to the head, like you gonna be like flouncing around in drags, Miss Thing. No, that's not how this works. And he know that's not how it works, but he can't validate it because he doesn't have the range. His opinion isn't based in anything. It's just, just him talking. And so the idea of two men, Birdman and Wayne, I've never seen them kiss or anything like that, but it's believable. If they went on stage and they kiss just to say like, hello, hello, hello. Now that's, is different. And when he was trying to explain the difference, there isn't a difference. So... Again, there's these double standards. This is something I want to talk about as well. Double standards. 
a lot of a lot of niggas will say that ain't nothing wrong with being gay. Ain't nothing wrong with being gay. Ain't nothing wrong with being gay. It's just not me. And that's fine. So if there's nothing wrong with it or air quotes, if you really don't care, if you really didn't care, you wouldn't have a thought. You wouldn't have a feeling. You wouldn't be budged left or right. You would just be like, I don't care. It's not me. So I'm not going to worry about it. But the gag is someone in your life, someone in your space, someone you have already met, someone you've encountered, someone you're going to end up encountering is going to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community. So it would behoove you and it would benefit you to, I don't know, research, read some things from LGBTQ plus people, particularly if they're black about their experience, because not only do they have the black experience that you relate to, but now they have the queer experience that you have no, you know nothing about. And so now you're sitting up here trying to have this conversation and you don't have the range. So this double standard of like, queer people can't do this, but I can. The literal sheer idea of like, like here's the parallel, black people can't do this, but white people can. Of course, there are social things that have been established due to racism being systemic, um, um, homophobia being systemic, um, transphobia being systemic. Like these are and, uh, misogyny being systemic. All of these things um, are systemic. They're a part of the system in which we live, in the society that we exist in. And rather than seeing those parallels, rather than seeing those connections in our storylines, they would, uh, cis head nigga would much rather just say like, nah, I ain't rocking with that shit. I don't get it. Because they don't want to make themselves vulnerable. There's a certain level of vulnerability you have to have when you're being introspective and having these dialogues and having these conversations. And we don't teach boys how to have this conversation. We say, bottle up your feelings. Hold that shit down. Real boys don't cry. Real men don't cry. Grow the fuck up. Put your chin up. Save them tears. If y'all don't start crying and getting those emotions out, you're going to have a very rough go at it. You're going to grow up. You're going to be angry. Why are you angry? You don't have nowhere to put this energy. That's why... You know, you'll grow up and you'll end up harming women that you're in relationship with because you haven't processed your feelings. And when she asks you a simple question, you're ready to snap because it goes right to your heart because all she did was ask you a question. And now you're looking goofy because now you done tried to beat this woman. You know, trigger warning. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean trigger warning for a lot of this shit I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, because you haven't practiced processing your feelings, this is where you're at now causing physical harm, danger to people because you don't know how to process your feelings. And rather than processing your feelings out loud, talking to somebody, you know, I encourage everyone to get therapy. Please, Jesus, get therapy because I don't have the time. Um, please, I, I go to therapy. <laughs> I need it. So it's like, I implore you to go to therapy, speak to somebody. And if your homeboys is really your homeboys, if they your niggas, if they your big bro, if they got you like you think that they got you, they not gonna go tripping and acting crazy if you start talking about emotions and feelings. I'm just saying, like if they really cared about you as much as you think that they do, then you should be making sure that you have this conversation about your feelings and stuff. So, Angela didn't get much to say in this episode. Obviously, you talk over women in a space dominated by men. But at least Angela comes with this kind of, you know, this, hey, how about this kind of thing? So I appreciate this for Angela. Here we go. 
It is important to have that representation, though, because there are people who are just gay in this world. That's who they are, and that's how they identify. And so to be able to see yourself represented on TV, because for a child who knows that they're gay, it is difficult when anybody makes it seem like it's wrong or they can't see themselves in movies, in music. You don't think that's important, too? Uh, I think that's important, but it, it goes the same way for the straight people. But there's plenty of straight representation. It's, I think there's a not, lot more. This world is different. It's that not ain't true, man. There's way more straight it's, it's representation. Probably more, it's probably like like the rappers. Like just think of the look at the rappers. Hey, what matter? Because why gay people? Like don't, like gay, this gay stuff is bigger than you that? think. Why gay people don't turn they straight? What all the gay rappers? Probably you know like they. What about women on women? Do you mind that? Uh, not. I, I don't mind it as far as marriage. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. More crickets. Thank you, Angela, for saying that. Shout out to Angela for being somewhat of the voice of reason. I really appreciate Angela being on here because you need to have that perspective. So representation, the idea of being able to see yourself reflected back on, on, on the screen, on the television. When I was younger, Sailor Moon was my bitch. She still is my bitch to this motherfucking day because I saw myself reflected in her. The beautiful ribbons, the gorgeous, the personality, the, the love story, all of that. All the Disney princesses, I am those girls. Like Pocahontas, Miss Thing. Moana, Miss Thing. Tiana, everything. I'm just saying, like, granted, her story was fucked up, so I'm gonna need her. I'm, I can't wait till they redo this. Anyway, but um, you need to be able to see yourself reflected on TV. And what that does is going to open up so other people can see it's possible, it's viable. Black people, we don't like blackface because of this exact reason. We can play our fucking selves. We know exactly what roles we can fulfill. We done seen us get Oscars and do all this kind of stuff now. But remember back in the day when white people was dressing up for us and being us and making caricatures and all that kind of shit? Nobody wants that. You want to be able to see exactly who you are represented on TV at some capacity, in the media, on social, in social media, movies, books, all this stuff. Black people understand that. They understand seeing themselves reflected on TV. But for some reason, when it gets to the LGBT stuff, they are like, I don't want to see it. Why don't, and now the double standard comes back. Why don't they deserve to see it on the TV? Why don't they get to see it? Is it harming somebody? What it, what damage is this causing? Why is this bad? And so these are the questions that need to be answered. And if you don't have an answer outside of like, I just don't like it, you are a bigot. Straight like that, bigot. Just be very clear. You're gonna have to figure out how to undo that transphobia, homophobia, or the combination or the like, and you're gonna have to figure that out. Because that's something that's very important and very prevalent. Representation is the thing. And now that we have more connections via technology, via the internet, via the things, we can now begin to be able to even have these conversations. It's complicated. This is not easy. But again, you if you don't have the range, you can't be talking about it like this. Especially on a public platform. If you don't have the range, shh, bring it on down. Bring it on down. <laughs> and listen and learn. You can't, if, you, if you're talking, guess what you're not doing? You're not listening. And then more so than that, when you're listening, you need to be having an open heart when you're doing so. If you already coming in from the jump and being like, I ain't trying to hit that shit, then you ain't finna go nowhere. Anyway, next part.
but is the fact that you, you say Lil Nas X is a super negative influence on the kids. And you said something earlier. You talked about, you know, when you came home, a lot of your fans was in jail or are, are dead. So when you say things like, you know, you want to beat up Lil Nas X, you could possibly be encouraging violence against gay people, man. So that's what I would tell you to watch. Yeah, I wouldn't encourage because they are four times more likely. But that's what I'm saying. So you so don't even. I just told you like gay people like gay people not after me in the real world. (laughs) So this lack of accountability, a lot of people. I know that's a hot word right now. Nobody wants to hear that word. Being accountable. So the word accountable, I'm going to look it up right now while I kind of uh, figure this out. Hold on. Let me pull up the, the definition of accountable. What does accountable mean, Miss Thing? So let's, let's, let's find out. So, but you don't want to take accountability for what you said. You know, you have a bigger audience than most people. You have a platform. You have a great following on social media. A, a great following on social media will get you a lot these days. And so him not taking accountability for what he's saying and the things that he's been putting out there without having the background knowledge or information to speak on these things is going to result in backlash. You see what's happening to the baby, and now you're going to experience it even more yourself. Accountability, the fact or condition of being accountable, being responsible, which means when you are saying things, you are going to be responsible for what you say. If you say something out of spite, if you mad, if you come out your side of your neck, start talking all crazy at somebody, you're going to be held accountable for what you say because you said something that wasn't what it needed to be. That is what accountability is. And people don't like to be held accountable because that means they will have to own up to the fact that they said something that was inappropriate, harmful, dangerous, or the like. And so the way that um, this is all set up is that LGBTQIA plus people are already placed in the position of not having privilege and power in this country, similar to how black people know to how that feels. It's like these connections and these parallels that black cis hat men refuse to fucking see. There are so many parallels here. And so you have to be held accountable for what you say. If I say something out of pocket and somebody say, nah, girl, you said that. I'm going to be like, yeah, girl, go ahead and give me that ale. I'm going to have to take the ale. I'm going to have to accept it. I said some mess that was out of pocket and I'm going to have to be okay with that. And so once I take my ale and go ahead and lay down, I'm going to have to go back and say, what can I do differently for the next time? But that le- that requires a great level of introspection. That requires a great level of um, cerebral awareness. That requires so much more than what access has been afforded to Boosie as far as the people that and the people that he influences. You know, hood niggas down, you know, in disenfranchised areas. They ain't ne- none of this. All they hear is him saying that he is like their little leader in this conversation because he's standing in his ground and standing in his truth but the truth isn't accurate so it's not the truth he's just speaking out the side of his neck from his opinion and his opinion isn't based in anything so i just want to make sure that that's unequivocally clear that the accountability of for the things that he did as a rapper, talking about guns and and um violence to women and and drugs and da 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 and all that kind of stuff like 
it's the it's like I I don't want to take accountability for that. And you saw in like Charlemagne said, like all your niggas was in jail, or they was dead. It's like there's there's I'm not gonna give him the entire accountability accountability for that. But if Lil Nas X is gonna have that same level of accountability just by existing, and he didn't even say anything about any stuff like that, and you don't have to be held accountable for that, no double standard. And then again, yet comparing comparing um Lil Nas X's sexuality or someone's gender identity to being a violent person and stuff like that. Like, how did this even become an equivalent that it's, it's the math is not mathing. So anyway, I'm going to continue the conversation. Here we go. I feel like that about the women who go up there and do that to them. Who get naked on the, uh, yeah. uh, who do get naked, dance sexually, do sexual stuff on stage. Uh, you ain't finna turn this around on those strippers. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a small one, but y'all heard like, okay, so you feel the same way about women getting on stage and being, you know, nearly naked as it were, allowing themselves to be free and and sexual in that kind of way. And then it's like, well, no, that's not bad. Why is that not bad? Double standard, we'll wait. Something something about the male body is like this prized possession type of thing. Like, I don't get why it's like this prized possession. It's like, we can't, you know, it's like the dick is so sacred, girl. It's like, why is this shit so sacred? Like, I don't understand. It's not like, ugh, I, I, I don't get it. Like, why is that so sacred? But women can be fully out there just naked. This is my own personal thing. Because women have been seen as objects, commodities, things to collect, things to attain, stuff to hold on to. You have, then that's the other thing is like, he doesn't see women in that same vein. Similar to how when they asked him earlier, how do you feel about two women being together? Crickets. Because the idea of two women being together is a sexual thing that he finds for himself. And so there's the hypocrisy. You can enjoy gay culture at a capacity when it's convenient and it works well for you. But when it's existing right in your immediate and when it's existing in this, well, in this man capacity, I guess, or whatever it is, you can compartmentalize that and say like, well, this one's bad, this one's good. And it's like, what? No, you can't just speak badly about the entire community and then make an exception for this. Why is that allowed to be an exception? Again, because women, we have been commodified as like these sexual objects, particularly black women, particularly dark-skinned black women, and also black trans women. We have been commodified in the same way where it's like, well, you know, you're just sexual and I'm going to take advantage of you in that way, but you have nothing else to offer me. And it's like, that's it. And so the idea of him being okay with seeing women on stage naked, also the idea of him being okay with seeing two women being intimate in a sexual way, just goes to show that complete level of bias. And again, that's a conversation that he's going to have to have, you know, with a therapist. <laughs> because Jesus already knows. Jesus already knows. All right, so here's another small section. Again, a little bit more about representation. Yeah, people are free to be who they are. Because, like, you have people in your life who are gay, people who work with you. You have family members. Right. And you have no problem taking pictures with people if they're gay. Right. So what, so the thing that bothers you is the representation on television. Is that what it is? Yeah, television, really, television bothers me. When I came home from jail, it bothered me. I was like, God. You know, I was like, you know, it was, it was new to my eyes, you know, like, you know, like, 
if you don't if you don't protect your kids, you know they're gonna be stirred that way. But In this day and age, they're gonna really be stirred that way. You know if we, I just feel like we gotta we gotta. Cause I just feel, gay before. You know, television. but everybody wanna be everybody everybody got the right to what they wanna be. If you wanna have your kids gay, you can have your kids gay. If you want to protect your kids from being gay, you have that right. Well, I don't know that you want to have your kids gay. It's just that if your kids are gay, they're just gay. Because okay. I do think life is harder for you if you are gay. Because there's a lot of four times the chance of violence more than the average person. And there's a lot of attacks on LGBTQ community. So I do think you make your life harder. So I don't think anybody's like, I just want to be gay because I've seen it on TV. It's how you feel. Because I've seen, I've never kissed a woman. I've never done any of those things. And I see it all the time. But that doesn't mean I want to do it because I think you have to feel like that's who you are to be able to relate to that. I don't think... Was you raised not to do it? I wasn't raised anyway because I've been around... I'm from New York, so I've seen it all. And I have friends who are gay. I have friends who are trans. But it's never made me say that's what I want to be. Thank you, Angela, for being, again, the voice of reason. So, again, representation... And so this is one thing I will say is that the idea of protecting your children from something that's horrendous, evil, um, that you find to be uh, monstrous or negative in any kind of capacity. Of course, you want to steer your child away from seeing nudity too soon. Of course, you want to steer your child away from seeing sexual acts too soon. Of course, you want to steer your child away from, you know, drugs and alcohol and other violent things that could potentially harm their life or their existence. Of course. But again, the idea that being a queer person is equivalent to those things, it's really what's baffling. That they can see like, oh, well, you know, seeing guns is is equivalent to being a queer person. Seeing someone being overly sexual is equivalent to being a queer person. And these negative connotations and stuff behind it. And so what Angela was saying is like, I've seen all of these things and I'm still me. You've seen these things and you're still you. So make it make sense. And so, of course, he doesn't have the capacity to be able to say that. And I think another important thing that's being drawn out here is protecting your children because you think something's going to happen negatively to them. And that could very well be the case. But it's our uh, it's our obligation as, I'm not a parent, but I think it's our obligation as people who are grown adults and people who are having children to make sure that children are aware that other people do exist that are not just cisgender and heterosexual. Allowing children to see and allowing them to interact, allowing them to embrace LGBTQ youth, because there are LGBTQ youth that they can interact with and get to know, it's going to dispel the idea of something is wrong with them. Something is is, 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 is defective because trust me, that's not the case. And if you're worried about children um, prospering and the population continuing to go forward, firstly, we had 7 billion. We good. We full. It's homeless people everywhere that need shelter and need love. There's plenty of orphanages that are full at capacity. We good. We don't need no more people. It's fine. It's perfectly okay. And if queer people need to reproduce, trust me, if you listen to the last episode I talked about, they can. As long as a penis and a vagina are converging or the two cells that need to happen to make that happen, it will happen. And the idea that um, also, in addition to that, Boosie likes to point out the idea like he wants to raise strong, strong, as if when you're LGBTQ, you're inherently weak. And if not, we are some of the strongest fucking people in the fucking world. Point blank. Point blank. 
people are still getting killed in other countries, even here in the United States, but people are still getting killed in other countries for being an LGBTQ plus person. Just for being. Even the mere association can get you killed, hung, stoned, or hanged, excuse me, hanged, stoned, all that kind of stuff. And you know, you can be put to death because of it. You're not getting put to death because you're black, not anymore, unless you're a police officer. Ooh! <laughs> unless you're police going after the, but anyway, but you know, that's some of those things. And you know, that's a, that's a, a systemic thing that we have to continue to work on. But again, it's the idea that queer people are inherently weaker than or less than. And that's because you know what you're, the rhetoric you're spitting out is going to be damaging to the LGBT community. And you don't want your children to be a part of that. So you're in turn doing the exact thing that you don't want to happen to your children. If your child ended up being queer and they saw these videos of you saying like, nah, fuck gay people. They need to go to, they need their AIDS and they going to die and all that kind of stuff. And then your children grow up and seem like, daddy, what's this? You're going to have to what? Take accountability for what you said. And you shouldn't be saying these things because you're in turn making it harder for your child to exist, to enjoy their life. Or maybe they'll have a friend who is, who is LGBT. And so what if they're best friends? And now you have to explain to your child, you can't hang out with them because they gay. Well, what's wrong with them being gay? Well, they gonna make you. I don't feel that same way. Well, they gonna make you. It's not osmosis. It's not transferable by skin contact. That's not how this shit work. But again, if you don't have the range, you can't have the conversation. That's all I'm gonna say. So more so than that, I, I know at the very beginning, I mentioned Flame Monroe, and I'm going to bring her up here in a moment. But we're gonna take a small break. This will be the last one, and we'll get to this last little section I wanna talk about. Thanks. <laughs> how, do we, how do we mend the bridge between Boosie and the LGBTQ we community? Have to we just have to talk to each other and listen and not listen to hear the four or five words that make you the trigger words. You have mm -hmm. to listen to respond to teach the other person. I'm not, I don't think that he's out of sorts with what he says. And I don't, I don't disagree with completely with what he said about uh, Lil Nas X, but Lil Nas X is gay. So the hypocrisy would be if he was on the BET awards and he was kissing on a woman and he's openly gay, then people would be offended and say, well, why he kissing on that woman? Y'all know he gay. Then he goes to the DL. You cannot win for losing because everybody is, all everywhere everybody's mm -hmm. so displaced what he was saying was not i don't want my kids to see inappropriate things that they watch on tv but i don't agree with what he said about you you you, are you around gay i'm completely transgender my son is completely straight he goes to tsu he's mm -hmm. straight and that's not because i raised him to live like me i've told him you live your life and be whoever now if he would turn out to be gay he would have just been gay i wasn't gonna love him no less because you have to like even with angela standing with her daughter with the trans daughter, you have to put it in a place as a parent, do I love my child more than I hate what they have become? Because you have no control over what your kid is going to become. They had no control over, your mom had no control over what you were going to become. So you have to remove all of what you want your kid to be and just see the love that you have. Like so, like when you said, if your daughter married another woman, right. I think you feel like that now, Boosie, but I think if your daughter did fall in love with a woman, and I know she's straight, but if she actually did, I think that you would realize But I, I still, as a parent, have the right to, I, right. even if they're, I have the right to strive them the way that I want you them to try the them. I can try as a every parent, every parent is different. Like you can't tell a parent, another parent who's parenting the child to how he can parent that child. You can just tell them only from your experience. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. 
All right, so love the, before I continue on, so that was Flame Monroe. Um, you know, again, <laughs> older trans woman, a little problematic, da 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 da. So she did give Boosie a little bit of some, 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 you know, but you know, I ain't gonna go into all that about her and her past and stuff like that. If you wanna look her up, go ahead, Miss Thing. But anyway, yes, we can't tell you how to raise children, especially I don't have children, so I can't tell you how to raise your children. But what we're trying to do is make sure that your child is aware and completely available to the idea that other options exist outside of what has been presented in the media overall for the last, I don't know, forever. So we're trying to make sure that they feel comfortable and feel safe if that's something that's going to be a part of their life and their existence. By withholding that from them, it limits them further so they can't pass that knowledge and that information on to someone that they know. You are literally changing and saving lives if you don't withhold that information. Letting someone know that you care about them, that you see them as for exactly who they are. That's dangerous if you don't do that. If you don't say like, I love you, baby, as your child grows and develops into their queer identity, if they don't know they can't come home to you and feel safe with you, they will not come home. They will go somewhere else to find their love. I talked about, luckily, I had enough um, clarity and, and wherewithal to be able to say, you know what, at school, they wearing me out. At home, it's not really giving what I needed to give, but at least I'm going to have my own peace within myself. Some people can't find that peace. Some people can't find that balance and they're going to end up doing what Nigel Shelby did was, was take his own life or they're going to go out like these men who are attracted to trans women and take their lives because they can't process how they feel. You're not allowing them to express it, allowing them to be free. And the idea that you're going to steer your child in a specific direction is literally trying to control them from the gate. You are not your child. Let me say that again. You are not your child. You have to let them develop and grow and establish exactly who they are independent of yourself. And if you view LGBTQIA plus people as a negative thing and your child is consistently and persistently saying like they're a part of this community, you should probably stop trying to fight them before you can't build a bridge back because there are some people who are LGBT who have never spoken back to their parents again and the parents are devastated and they should have handled things differently. This is the consequence of not being able to be available to a love your child at the capacity that they need you to be there. No, you do not have all the answers, but damn it, you're an adult who had a child. It's your responsibility to go out and find out exactly what you need to do in order to help that child grow, prosper, and be the most safe and secure in themselves. You don't get to choose who they love. You don't get to dictate how their life is going to be. Like Flame said, our parents didn't get to choose who we are and how we turn out, but it's our responsibility to be there. If you do not want this responsibility of potentially having an LGBTQ plus child, don't have kids at any capacity. Do not have sex unprotected. Um, you know, this is this, and this is a further reason why we need to have um, abortion because if someone was unfortunately to a trigger warning, if somebody was to be raped and they were forced to have a child or if they didn't want to have a child, then they will have to, they could get rid of the child, you know, like, oh God, anyway. But like, if you are not ready to have a child, do not adopt one. Do not become the guardian of someone. Do not go in there penetrating and having sex and nutting in everybody. Don't do anything to get you a child that you do not want to have 
and don't have one, if you are not ready to accept that child from the gate, you don't get to pick. You don't get to choose. It's the same thing where I've come across these gender reveals. Every time there's a girl being born, the men get all bent out of shape and get depressed. Even some of the women get bent out of shape and depressed because they know how women get treated in this country. And suddenly, every time a man figures out that he's going to have a girl, everything becomes completely crystal clear. It's the same thing with LGBTQ plus children. As soon as you have an LGBTQ plus child, everything becomes crystal clear. You're like, oh my God, this child is going to be put in harm's way. I done saying some fucked up shit. And now because he's a certain level of celebrity, he has a certain platform, this shit's going to circle around. And if it gets back to one of his children, it's going to be damaging. Or if it gets back to one of his grandchildren and they end up being queer, they're going to be like, grandpa, you hate gay people. You hate me. He is going to have to take accountability. And that's, again, something that nobody wants to apparently to do as far as Boosie is concerned. Yes, I get it. It's complicated. It's challenging. Say that. Say that it's complicated. Say that it's challenging. Say that you don't get it. Say that you're confused. Do those things rather than just saying like, no, I hate this. I'm going to make sure my child not like this. You don't get to say, baby. You don't get to say that. So, um... Let me just put on my closing few thoughts here. Firstly, being an LGBTQIA plus person is not bad. It has no negative connotation. Being a black person is not bad. What do they say? Don't judge a book by its cover. Judge someone by the, uh, the, the content of their character. You have to know somebody. And if you've never met an LGBTQ plus person and had an in-depth conversation with them about their existence and how their life goes, especially if you don't know nothing, you you know, you're limiting yourself right there. If you never read any of their books, if you never listened to any of their podcasts, if you've never watched any of their YouTube videos, however you like to digest your media, if you haven't inter, in, uh, inter, um, um, introduced LGBTQ plus people into your space, into your life. And I'm not talking about little handbag accessories like, oh, that's my gay best friend. That's, that's not cute. Don't do that. Or like, or, you know, this is so-and-so she's trans. She uses she and her. Don't do that. You have to see, um, queer people as humans. Because guess what? We're humans. We get to exist in the same way that cisgender heterosexual people get to exist. If you can get on stage and kiss, we can kiss. If you can hold your hand in public, we can hold our hands in public. If you get to buy a house and live lavishly and get access to all kinds of money, we get access to all kinds of money. Live lavishly and be happy. If you get all that stuff, we should be able to get all that stuff. And if we can, and if you say that we should not be able to have access to all of those things because we're just trying to live our best life just like you are, then you need to be asking yourself why. That is the big question. You need to be asking yourself why. Why are we not allowed to do those things? Now, if you're saying why, because I don't want my child to have a hard life, then you need to be figuring out how to assist in the effort to help your child have a better life. You should be making sure that your child is a part of a space where they're safe and comfortable, where they're going to have less chance of being uh, uh, attacked by someone who's homophobic or transphobic. You need to be educating yourself to ensure that you know what you need to do in order to love and protect your child and help them foster and grow. That is what you need to be doing. 
And if you're not doing those things, you are not trying to help your child grow and develop. And if you're, if you're so stuck in the fact that they're part of this community and you don't know nothing about it, you're making it about you and not about them. Once you have a child, once you sign that document and you say like, this is my baby, once you put that seed in there, once you do, once you have the child, however it comes to you, your responsibility is to foster and take care of that child. And a lot of people say you're a parent until death. So don't make a commitment to something when you don't know what that child is going to be like if you're not ready to accept whatever they come out as. If they're an LGBTQ plus person, if, you know, if God, um, you know, if God forbid they have a mental health issue, if some other reason did it not, you will, this is why you can see like mothers on, like after a, a mother has like, has a child who ends up, God forbid, being a serial killer and ends up hurting people, a mother will go on there and say, I still love my child. That is a great thing, but you have to also be able to say, yes, my child did some fucked up shit because that's terrible. But more so than that, not trying to compare again, I'm not, I don't want to make that comparison, but I'm trying to draw this, draw this in. If your child ends up being LGBTQ, and they haven't harmed anybody, hurt anybody. They have, they, they have good grades. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Why are you bent out of shape? Why are you pressed? Because their life is going to be more challenging. Well, help them to make it easier. That is your responsibility as a parent. And if you're not ready to have that responsibility, do not have children. Again, we fool. We got 7 billion, mama. We don't need no more. <laughs> Trust me. And, and cisgender heterosexual people are going to consider continue to have sex and they're going to continue to populate the earth. We're not pressed about that. Also, people who are not um, cisgender heterosexual will continue to engage and have sex and, and, and have children and stuff like that. They're, that's going to happen as well. Or they're going to pick up, they're going to adopt children that have been dropped by cisgender heterosexual people. Right. Right. Someone's raising your child right now. Anyway. So those are the things that I really want to drive home. If you not, if you don't want to have LGBTQIA plus people or children, do not have children. There's no way to avoid it outside of not having children. Secondly, if you see LGBTQ plus people in person or in, in a space and you feel uncomfortable, if you don't understand why, you heard Boosie say, um, like he said, like I saw it and I was like, oh, this is, this is happening. This is so new for me. Say that, say, this is new. I don't understand this. How can I learn more about this? So I can get rid of this ungross feeling, this bias and stuff like that. Because even, you know, children will pick up on these things when I was little, 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 and, um, maybe not little, little, maybe I was like in my, I'm just, I'm, I lied. I wasn't little at all. <laughs> It just seemed like I was little, but because I was 18 at the time, 18 or 19, somewhere in that bracket. And I was watching um, Will and Grace. I was watching Will and Grace, the eighth season of Will and Grace, where Tay Diggs and um, uh, Eric McCormick, um, Will, Will and, uh, God, I forgot what his name is on the show. But anyway, Tay Diggs' character and Eric McCormick's character, they kissed. And my mother had a visceral body gross, like, ooh, nasty reaction. And so she reacted that way and she said, oh, I just like to see people kiss. You don't, you don't like to see people kiss. We just watched this other movie and you don't have no problem with nobody else kissing. You didn't react that way. You're going to have to check that. You're going to have to check on that. Why did you react this way? You're like, ooh, that's nasty. I don't like that. It may, it may not be nasty. It may be nasty to you because you don't want to engage in that and that is okay. But it can't be nasty just for the sake of it being nasty because it's something that you don't like or you uncomfortable. You ain't got to do it. 
But what you need to do is make sure that those people have the ability and the range and the comfort to be able to do that in your space, if that's something that you will allow. But even if it's not in your space, just be okay with it because it has nothing to do with you at the end of the day. So all of this to say is that please, I implore you, if you hear you are listening to all this, I'm not trying to rant. I'm not trying to scream and do all that yelling, all that stuff. You can hear my cat in the background. Oh, now he don't want to say nothing. Oh, what a trifling little baby. Anyway, um, please, I implore you, please, you all, listen to each other. Um, have conversations about um, LGBTQ plus people if you have the range. If you don't have the range, get more knowledge. If you do not have the range, get more knowledge. Interact with LGBTQIA plus people. Face that fear of them. You shouldn't be afraid of them. You shouldn't have a dislike. You shouldn't have an aversion to them because something, something, something. And remember, if something negative happened with an LGBTQIA plus person, remember that we are not monolithic. We do not all exist in the same space. And even if something negative happened to you, it doesn't mean that the entire community is bad. All right? I need that to be clear. So I'm going to put this, um, the Breakfast Club YouTube link, it already has a million views and it's only been up for a day. So that just shows how invested people are in this conversation, particularly black people. They're very invested in the comment section. It's not giving what you think it needs to give. It's, it's not giving what you think. It's, it's, yeah. So, um, I encourage you, there's more of the episode left that I didn't play. There's stuff with flame after that and then a lot, but I don't have the entire time. I wanted this to be a short episode, but <laughs> see how that turned out. Um, so please, um, educate yourself. I'll put more links in the bottom for, um, getting connections to finding out more about LGBTQIA plus people. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please, uh, DM me on Instagram, DM the podcast, uh, send us a tweet, Facebook, however you like for that information to get to us, please. If you want this world to truly be an, uh, uh, equity, have balance, have a fairness and not people have privilege over one or the other, you're going to have to start to dismantle these things internally. And I know it's going to be hard and challenging, but you are going to have to do that. Okay. I am here. Mab is also here. He may not be here in spirit. I mean, he may not be here in person, but he's here in spirit. Um, in the next few episodes, I'm going to have some lovely guests. I, I've lined up beautifully. I cannot wait to have these guests on the show. Um, they're going to talk about their experiences as various Black folk in the in our community. Some of them LGBTQ+, some of them not. Um, so please stay tuned. And we're almost at a year, which is crazy. After September is over, we will be doing the podcast for a year. So let us know if you want to do some, if you want us to do something very fun or crazy or interesting for the one-year anniversary of Black to the Future, which is um, anyway, I love you all. Um, please give us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Share, share, share the content, please. Um, and if I forget anything, I'm sure I'll tack it into the description below. Thank you. Bye. I love you.
thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black, Black to, to the, the Future. future.